Welcome, and you're listening to the You Are Not Alone podcast series, created to provide support to the special educational needs community in Brent and beyond. This is a Jason Roberts Foundation production. Episode 3, Families. Let me pick on, on, on Sarah. Um, how have you been coping through, uh, through this coronavirus uh, period, um, Sarah? It has been hard. Um, I have Mason, obviously, who's eight, and I have a younger son who's 18 months. And Mason doesn't socialise at all with the younger one. So being home 24-7 with the kids has been really hard. And it's quite upsetting because... Mason's out of his routine and he's distressed, uh, gets upset so much. And uh, it has been a massive toll on us. Um, my husband is still working. He works, he's a fireman. And then on his, some of his days off, he does the Tesco driving. So I'm just stuck here 24-7 on my own, really, with two kids. <laughs> lovely one hand but then on the other hand it's just sad because the routine everything's just gone yeah it's just a bit of a struggle really Michael yes please Ross just a question to the parents if if you could tell us in sort of one sentence what is the greatest challenge do you think you're facing what what is the one thing that sticks out above everything else in terms of, of, of difficulties or challenges that you've got? Well, for me, it's um, meeting my child's needs. Um, she needs a lot of attention, um, and it's finding the time, apart from my other children, to give to her. And the school wishes that they do an amazing job with her, so I'm really, really happy, and I'm really, really lucky. Um, but it's, that's the hardest part for me right now is dealing with, um, my daughter and making sure that what well I don't know if what I'm doing is adequate in terms of her schooling that's the thing that I worry about because she was making great progress over the last two years so yeah. it just feels like it's right. still a little bit right now because she's not at school with those great teachers that she's got so that's the only thing that I worry about okay sorry sir well yeah I'm that's exactly same with me the regression it's, it's hard to I think it's hard to swallow because they've come so far and they've had all this help and you feel to yourself am I doing am I doing the right thing and again because if you've got more than one child staring yourself out mm. you know one's pulling me you are one one's pulling, you know and, and and I just worry that I, I'm not doing enough because obviously the school is providing everything that they need and it's also the school, best, the school pro- but sorry. Worry. sorry sorry yeah the school is also the school also provide the reassurance as well for you like a, like a sounding board which seems to be missing as well um yeah. during this are you finding that as well that's um yes that lack of someone to talk to about things well, i've had yeah. a call from the school twice already so but it's still not the same as having this um support that you need from the school when you yeah. need it right there and then yeah. Different. Yeah. Okay, Nikita. Yeah, I I agree. Um, my main worry is that she will regress to the stage that she's come come, and 
I'm trying to do, make her do work at home and she won't concentrate as much as she would if she was in school. So I'm... And it's the unknown, also the unknown. She doesn't know, I don't know what to tell her, how long we're going to be on lockdown, when she can go out. She just wants to go to the park. She just wants to do, go do normal things. I don't know what to tell her. She doesn't understand what's going on. So it's, it's very difficult time at the moment. And I think, it, I think that's a great point because if we don't understand, how can we tell them how to understand? Yeah. It, you know, it, there's a lot of in, un, unpredictability here. And that's why it's important that this forum gives everybody a voice uh, so that we can start to capture what's going on so that we can use this information to make, to, uh, make changes and make a difference. Just going back to that question I was asking about the challenges, the second part of that question would be what, what hasn't worked well? I think what parents would really want to know is, because if this goes out to other parents, they're going to realise that everybody's in the same boat, everybody's got these challenges, everybody's going to be struggling with something similar. And, and I think what would also be beneficial is if we can whether it's the support from the school, the work they've been given, the sort of uh, Jonathan. I've seen some of your your, your uh, things on LinkedIn about the the skipping game, things like that. Anything of those kind of things that's been helpful. It, it, it would be really great to identify those so that we can actually pass those and share those on. Before we move on, could I just say one thing, and that is to reassure the parents that we have on here now that they are doing an amazing job. Absolutely. Yes. And um, we applaud everything. We will try everything in our power to give you the resources that may make it easier to engage your children. And we're always there at the end of a line. So you call us, yeah? Yes, yeah, definitely. Oh, you've got. Yeah, thank you. Shauna, you're there, yeah? Yes, I'm here. I joined I... late, so. Did you want to add to what some of the parents are saying over here in the UK? Okay, um, well, from my end in Grenada, um, well, I'm still at home. Um, my son, well, I have my son to um, homeschool and my daughter. So, it, of course, it's a bit challenging because, like, for today, I had a. Um, a challenge with him to get to do some work. Um, however, but with the support from uh, Miss Philip, she will send activities and so on the group chat that we have so that I can work along with him with activities and so. Okay, so you're coping best you can. Yes, I'm coping best I can. It's a bit challenging, but, you know, I'm coping. Okay, because it was a very big question that Ross asked all of you guys, and I think it's an important question. Now, Sangeeta. Yeah, okay. I mean, I've been speaking to a lot of parents in the last seven weeks, um, and I found that each family has very unique uh, struggles. So, you know, some families, um, th their struggles are around not having an outside space where their children can go out and play. Um, for some families, it's a case of um, what their family looks like, whether they're uh, single parents, whether they have any other adults in the family that can help. Um, I've also seen families where they have quite a few children. We've, uh, we've, uh, we've even got some families who have more than one child with SEN. And, and I've just found that it's a very individual struggle for each family. So... The advice and um, reassurance and that we're trying to provide is very different for each family. Um, 
and it's hard I think it's hard but in a way I've seen um how parents have in the in the weeks they've become more positive and they've taken on a lot of what we've been trying to say to them about putting less pressure on themselves and kind of just seeing it as a very unique situation that we're in and you know it's okay if routine's a bit out and what we're looking for is just a happy household for them and you know for children to be happy and for for you to be flexible and you know take it easy because this situation is very unique and that's the kind of advice that I've been sharing with parents. Now for you guys who are providing the support i think it's a very important point that you've just made there because what you're really saying is because of the uniqueness for each family there is actually no definitive template no um you you're you're having to walk in case by case Mm -hmm. and i would imagine also that you're dealing with two dynamics the dynamic of the child Mm -hmm. and the dynamic of the parents coping Can I just say we are trying to address that because um, on our welfare checks every week, we try and um, find out how we can support the families, um, i.e. by safe place ground slots. They've been very popular. Mm -hmm. I don't know. um, Nikita, have you got one? Yeah, me and Amaya, we had one today. Okay. Um, So they are really popular with the parents because it's a safe place for their child or their children to play and it's all cleansed after they've gone so and a new family can go in. We're providing resources. We're doing Zoom calls to parents of children who won't engage in our online um, curriculum offer. So so the teacher can talk to the child and try and get them online and engage with that. But it's We don't want to put additional pressure on parents because they are doing the best they can in a very difficult situation for everybody. Uh, Sarah, you want to say something? Go ahead. What Sophie said, because you said a good thing in regards of like when it first happened, we were like, right, we've got to do this, we're going to go straight to this, and then we put so much. I mean, can't speak for everyone here. Like, put so much pressure on ourselves that it just got too much and then your son your child's getting stressed out and then you're like oh no but you've got to do this and you've got to do this and then we'll do this that you know and I don't have a garden so I found a field and we were going for a run and coming back and I said right we're going to do and it just all got just too much and so now we just take like you said each day as it comes as long as we've got a happy house mm-hmm. it's totally the most best thing ever even if he does one bit of math it's okay, like, it's fine. So, uh, yeah, definitely we've kind of learned as weeks have gone by how to, how to pro, 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 like, process, like, everything each day and go forward. So, yeah, um, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's, it's great having you parents in because I, I feel quite humbled. And, and one of the reasons I feel quite humbled is because really we're all brokering love here because that's what this is all about this is about the love of children the love of your child the love you know it's right at the center of you know you put that word care in and and, you know love sits right next to it and and what you can hear here is you know not only i've got to cope but we've got to cope 
and we've got to create loving environments and supporting environments. It's, um, it's very humbling. Very humbling. One of the things you said there, Michael, was it resonates. One of, one, one of the things that I'd like to ask the parents and is that we've had some feedback from ours. Is it resonates back to the first day that they found out the child had SEM and that word cope came back into it. Um, and how do you, I'm interested to find out, have you been shielding your children from coronavirus? Have you been educating them about understanding the situation? Or it's, everyone seems to have a different idea on how to do it. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know how I would cope. And it's, it's, it's humbling to hear these, every small victory should be appreciated more than it ever should be now, because what you're doing is incredible work. But with, with your children, have you shielded them from the education of coronavirus or just letting them live, shall we say, without without the fear of knowing yeah my, my boy he's well he's well versed in um what coronavirus he, he you know the first couple of weeks was really scared i mean you know he, he just he just wouldn't go near anybody and you know he's in his room um for long periods and that but you know he he, he gets this magazine called the week which is all the current affairs uh it's like the junior week um which kind of gives you the current affairs across the world and he reads a lot of that. So he's well versed on it. I think um, he's struggling with with the school, with, you know, having teachers calling him and just breaking that whole routine about where he's supposed to be and, who, you know, when does he finish his homework and, you know, is it a bank holiday today? It's just I think the days are just mixed up in, in bits and bobs. But, you know, I, I, I just think for, for us, we just made sure that he, he knows what it's about. You don't have to go too deep into it, but... He knows that it's a virus, it should pass. Um, we can't give a date on it, but we just practice, you know, what the government guidelines are. And um, hopefully we can come back to to what they would call, you know, everyone saying the new normal, but we don't know what that means. But it's just really trying to not overshield him, but just give him enough knowledge for him to be able to cope in his own mind. Because every child is an individual. I don't think you can blanket um, what every young person would, how they would take and receive that information. Yeah. It will, but I wouldn't say we're shielding her from it. Um, she doesn't really know about those things, and explaining it to her, I don't think she would really properly understand it. But we're not shielding her from it. Um, it's something that we're we're having to learn to live with, and I think she's going to have to learn to live with as well if it's something that's going to be ever present in our lives. So um, it's not about shielding her from anything for me. Okay, got that, Shauna. There in Grenada. Hey. Same to you. How have you shared what's going on with your child? Or is there even an understanding or have you just kept not really had that conversation? It is something um, since in the beginning I shared with him, but um, he still don't understand what is really going on. Um, so it's kind of difficult really to explain everything with him because of his, his, um, his special needs that he has. So um, I, I'm trying, but it's difficult. I did ever so often would tell him about it, but it's difficult for him to grasp what is really going on. Okay, okay. Thank you very much, Shauna. Um, Sarah, the same to you? Yeah, um, Mason has a slight understanding. Um, I explained to him... Um, basically, when we go to the park and he wants to go to the playground, but he can't go to the playground because of the coronavirus. So it took us a couple of weeks. And um, when we went to a, a different 
park it was actually um really tied um gated up there's all metal fences around all the equipment and everything and i said and he pointed and i said oh and i said you know why you can't go on there and he said yes because of the coronavirus so he says to me in the day i want to go to the library or mum i want to go to the playgrounds or go to devon <laughs> i say oh no we can't go and he goes because of the coronavirus and i'm like yeah mm. so that's the kind of how we talk at home so he knows there's something but okay. and he understands the coronavirus but um yeah so that's how far we've got at the moment with him. okay sangeeta is there anything you want to add to what you're hearing yeah, we've tried to um, help parents by um, doing some videos with um, like Macaton signing. Uh, we've done some social stories as well, just so that um, there's symbols and signs to support children to understand what's going on. Kate, uh, you haven't said anything for a good while, so <laughs> please, please feel free. And I've got Richard and Ross to come in as well. Yeah. I think just echoing what a lot of other people have said, actually, I think it really is about an individualized approach to each family. And as professionals, we need to adapt more than ever, really, by when as soon as you speak to the parent on the phone, you need to try and feel well, what, what's going on in their lives and try and empathize and, and put ourselves in their shoes because we're not in their shoes. And it's, in, and it's a really, really challenging situation. So what we're doing is trying to think okay how can we help and that might be just listening just saying how's it going what are your challenges and then sometimes it might be saying well have you tried this have you tried that or actually saying well there's another professional within our trust that could really help with that and recommending some other people to get in touch with them I think it is really important for parents to have that listening ear mm -hmm. and not feel that we're trying to say it's all about home learning and you've got to get on with this and you've got to get on with that because we don't feel like that at all we think if the home learning is going to be beneficial because it's going to make the child happy and it's going to keep them engaged, then yes, home learning is, is what you should be doing. But it really is about, as Sangeeta said, us trying to support the families to have a happy household um, because it is a really difficult time. So I think that's what, what we're trying to do as professionals. Nikita. Mm, yeah, I think, because Namaya, she doesn't understand um, I haven't really tried to explain it to her. I've, she just knows that we can't go out anywhere at the moment. Um, for the first week or two, every morning she was waking up and putting on her school uniform and trying to go to school. So it was very difficult for me to calm her down. But because if, even if I tried to explain to her, she wouldn't even understand one little bit. So it's with the, um, the school, the support that the school give, it's helped me to, I've showed her the stories that they've um, put on the website. I've tried to show her that we will go back to school soon, but just not now. And we will be able to, it will go back to normal, but just not now. So she kind, she's kind of understanding just not now. She just says to me, just not now. So that's as much as I can do with her. I mean, the picture you've all painted is one that's quite surreal. It, yeah. It's like, it's like being in limbo. Uh, you know, just floating around, waiting for... Well, see, I can see you all nodding your heads. I mean... It's... Can I ask a second part to that question? If you of don't course, mind, Michael. Of course, of course, Kai. How easy do you think it'll be to flick the switch and go back to normal? Do you think that will take time? And, and is that another time frame that might be difficult for, for you I, and your children to, to combat? I, 
I think so. I was thinking about that yesterday because when we go to the school for her to have the playground session, she's a bit confused because we're going to school, but she's not actually going to school. So I think to get her to go back to normal, her activities and school and day-to-day life is going to be a challenge for her. Like sitting in class for that long and being out for that long compared to always being at home is going to be a challenge, I think. And do you think there'll be a little bit of separation anxiety as well, maybe? Yeah. After that's a, yeah. Being, being, being so much around the parent in this situation. Being and away yeah, from the parent. Yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that. I do think that. Wilbur, you were going to come I, in and say something. Personally, I think... Um, it's not going to be just a light switch to go back for her. I think it's going to take a little, little bit of settling back in and getting back into her routine. But I think she's also missed her old routine. She still wakes up at 7 o'clock in the morning. Sorry, 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, and she's ready to go. She's ready to have her breakfast and she's ready to start her routine of then getting ready to go to school. So I still think she wants to go back to school. Um, and I don't think it's going to be that hard for her to transition. But okay. that's just me. That's what I think. Anyway. I could be wrong. <laughs> Keisha, was you going to say I, something? I was just thinking, you know, that my concern was, um, through all of this, was how, you know, we're getting call the teachers or some of the parents can call the teachers, but how are the parents dealing with this, you know? You know, just having someone to talk to or having someone to to share everything with or to say, okay, you know, beside the children, this is what I need or, you know, do you know how I can get, you know, extra work, extra resources, you know, just a listening ear for the parent. Do they have that? It's a very good point. It's a very good point. Yes, Margaret. Yeah, we try and provide that. And to talk about coming back to school, I think that the onus is going to be on the the provision in, and the relationship they have with the parents to make sure that it's as easy as possible for a child to be um, re-engaged in a school community. So we're, wor- we're working on that and we will continue to work on that with our parents. And I think we have to remember what the children have gone through in this time and what the families have gone through in this time and actually adjust our expectations because the children will have been out of school for longer than a school holiday. So it's going to be about that transition and trying to make it as smooth as possible for the children and families. You heard the point. My point that I was going to make is um, with my daughter and I think with a few others um, parents in here, the bond that our child has made with the parents is going to make it a lot easier for them to um, get back into an ordinary school day life. And I think that's a a very important point that we are forgetting, that all of our children with special needs, they have a great bond with their teachers. And mine's do especially, so um, mine does, and I know that. So I know that she's missing um, all of the teachers. So I think she will settle back in fairly quickly when I really think about it. I mean... Interesting enough, Wilbur, in the very first podcast we did, that was a point that came across very strongly. The, uh, um, in fact, we were talking about the fact that people were looking at videos of their teachers and it, and it made their day happy. So I think that that, that connection is, is recognised. It's a, it's a point well made. Putting my psychotherapist hat on, for the parents, um, what do you do to relieve yourself of your own stress? Are you getting any downtime or do we need to teach you how to meditate? 
I can tell you five, ten minutes meditation could do the world of good if you learn the technique. I've never wanted to give someone a hug so much. It's overwhelming <laughs> what, what, what we're hearing. For me, there's not really much downtime because Namaya, she doesn't really sleep. So she, especially since she's been off school, she's been going to bed like 12 and then she wakes up by four and that's it. She's all right for the day. So she's up for the morning. So there's not really much downtime or even a time to think about downtime, to be honest. Wilbur? Downtime. Um, in the evening time, that's where I spend most of my time. I'll find something to do, whether it's reading, a um, little bit of socialising with friends. It is very, very important to do some um, downtime. And I spend a lot of time in the evening with my wife. Um, early, early morning, we just sit down, walking, watching movies. That side of it, I really look forward to as well. So that's our doubt. That's how I have my downtime. Okay, so you got that. You sound like you got that lock, Wilbert. <laughs> that's why that sounds good I can tell you the importance of taking that time out you know recognising that let's say your child's gone to sleep that's the time where you say do you know what I'm going to grab 15 minutes for me and, 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 and I'm going yeah Sangeeta you got your finger up yeah um, that's kind of what I've been advising a lot of parents that's kind of saying that when you get your child on a device for like 10 minutes, don't use that time to go and wash up or do any chore. Use that time to go and have a cup of coffee or, or, or just something for yourself. And I've been trying to take that advice on for myself as well because I've got two children and, I, and I'm doing the whole, whole homeschooling stuff and trying to juggle my work as well. And um, the first two or three weeks, I really, really stressed myself out trying to, uh, you know, be super mum and uh, all the rest of it. Um, and then I just thought, you know what, while they're on the device, I'm just going to do nothing. Even if it's 10 minutes, I'm just going to take it easy. Because, and it's really helped. Last three weeks have been a lot easier for me mentally. And that's the advice I'm trying to give mums as well, because it's so easy to have 10 minutes and just go and do a chore because when, when you're a mom you know there's always something to do around the house but just to take that time away is really really important and guys because we because there there can be a focus on the child which quite rightly there should be you do need to focus on yourselves you really do the importance of that is critical you can find the 10 minutes if you think about it and i think sangeeta said it brilliantly you know don't go and do that washing or that chore that you think you're putting off because you're tending child take some time yeah you're pointing to yourself sir i could see you but that's it just take it down and if if necessary you know come back next week and i'll show you how to meditate uh, just to take that 10 minutes out just to learn just to breathe deeper and just relax and Sangeeta here's what I think about what you just said <laughs> I love yoga and I love meditation so I'm a big one for that what we can do just on that is um, you know we, we'll be willing to for the parents Oh, and we'd be willing to get a yoga teacher so that you guys can get a slot where you guys can do some yoga. So, uh, right we'll idea. individual um, nice. schools that the parents are from and uh, family liaison. And uh, we'll try to get something done for next week and we'll, we'll get that in place. Yeah, I think it's really important that 
taking some time out during the day, reflecting on how the day is going is very important for your mental health, um, whether it's just sitting down or trying to do some exercise. I think a key thing that's come out throughout the podcast is it's very individualized and taking one step at a time, one day at a time is very important. And that's um, what I just, just touched upon there is we can help you. I'm not all of you know that I'm physical education lead at the village school in Brent. So I'm, I've sent some videos through to some of you guys that have seen. So I'm happy to um, create and share some of the videos that I've done, which can be done with the pupils, but also the parents can be involved in that as well. So doing some exercise together or on their own as they see fit. So if some, that's something that might benefit you, then please do let me know. I just also wanted to ask like, you know, in difficult times, the parents, have there been any success stories at home, like any good interventions and Great thing, things that have helped you within these current times? Um, I think my boy's bonding a little bit better for the last few days. Mason decided to say to my little one, Roma, come and get me. And he's never done that before. Wow. And he wanted him to chase around the flat. When Mason was at school, when he did come home, he always used to say to me, Roman asleep, Roman asleep. He just didn't want to know anything about him. And now that he has to sit next to him 24-7, and he actually is getting a little bit, bit better. Roman will come sit right next to him, and he won't get up, where before he was jumping sofas, or then he was going in his bedroom, shutting the door, locking him out completely. So that's a positive that's come out of this. Fantastic. Fantastic. Richard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of backing up what um, what Jonathan just said, because you've got, in most of these cases, you've got a family unit, you know, and each part of that family unit is as important as one another, be it the parents, the siblings, particularly the siblings also, and the, um, you know, if you call them school and students, anybody with, a, with additional needs. And the it's much easier mentally from a sort of a mental health perspective to think about the stuff that does work well. You know, it's much more stressful to think about the stuff that hasn't worked well during the day. But even if there's like 10 minutes or half an hour that has worked well, then it's trying to concentrate in this particular scenario where everybody is isolated, just trying to concentrate on those things. Because a lot of the other stuff, Yes, one probably needs the school to be open to be able to give yourself an opportunity of being able to talk to somebody or what have you, or use a, use a group like this. And, and then also, you know, thinking of the areas of physical activity and also mental activity. And, and maybe some of the physical stuff might work or some of the mental stuff might work. And then, you know, trying to do, you know, sort of split, split up what one can actually do, you know, during a, you know, an hour's period or an afternoon or a morning activity. So yeah, definitely I think the, you know, because of this situation, it is incredibly challenging for everybody and most importantly for the family unit and the parents and the carers, you know, so concentrating on, on the positives really has got to be the, the core of, of everything and the other, yeah, other stuff just won't work. We know, you know everybody knows that. But if we can concentrate on those bits and then develop that into other stuff and then start to push the boundaries uh, when you've got stuff that is working well and then see where it goes. And if you need support, obviously, you know, what we're all trying to say is, you know, 
at least put it out there. You know, we might not have the answer, but we might know somebody else that does. Share. Can, yeah, can share it and can, can help. Great points. Ross? Parents would want to know what has worked well. And, and, and we all know that the difficulties we have is that there's no two child the same. So what works for one might not necessarily work for the other. But I think, you know, if we had a really wide network, it would be great to see, see you know, Jonathan, you've talked about your skittles. That would certainly work well most days for most children. But would it, what else has worked well for most children? You know, and it'd be great to try and put a bank together of, of, of what's been the success stories. You know, is it that watching a film works really well first thing in the morning, but it doesn't work well later in the day? You know, and, and how many people can try different things? You know, we, I, I talked once before about living in a, a, a flat. You know, that challenge for a parent in a flat must be completely different to somebody that's got the garden. And, you know, so what does the person in the flat do that you can't do that if you haven't got the garden space? And, you know, and, and, and I know we kicked about some ideas before about using each room for a different purpose. And, and actually spreading the day around the different rooms so that you did different exercises and different activities. So there would be kitchen time, lounge time, bedroom time, doing different things at different times to, to give a different structure to the day and not being confined to one room like the lounge. So, so th there may be other things that other people have got in their heads that, oh, we tried this and this really worked. You know, and it gives people opportunities to try that. Because I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's about staying with the positive and what works well, because this is going to be a challenging time. And, and I think we all know it's going to be here for certainly a few more weeks. You know, I've just started going back into schools, working with two schools who are taking children back in very slowly. And the challenges of that have actually been quite difficult already, you know, because social distancing, when you've got children that don't understand social distancing, is, is, is a challenge. And so everybody's facing all sorts of different challenges in different places at different times. Thank you for that, Ross. It's a big point. One of the things that has come across all of the podcasts since we've been doing the series has been the fact that routines have been shot to pieces. And whereas for most of us, we try and make one day not look like the other, that causes a problem in the SEM structure. So how are you, as parents, how are you trying to make one day feel like it's the, it's the same as another day in order so the child can develop some kind of mental routine for themselves? I've done like a, like a, based on her school calendar, I've done something similar at home. So then she's, so like when she has swimming, then we might have an extra long bath. So on the days when she has pee, we're doing more outside time. So basis of that timetable, the one at home, Brilliant. that's really helped her, I think. Brilliant. That's a great share, Nikita. That's a great share. Yeah. Sarah, is there anything you can take from that? Because yeah. that sounds, that's um, a great idea. Yeah, I, it's very hard with Mason. Um, he loves to read, loves to read, loves to read. So we do concentrate more on if he, because there's so much going on because we've got the little one. So what we do, we do more reading in the day. Then he's quite into Disney Plus at the moment. So we watch a film. Um, and then when everything is quiet, maybe later on in the afternoon, we put his CD player on and we he listens to stories and we follow it with the book. And then in the evening when the baby's gone to sleep, he'll do some work. And it's very hard for me to do work in the day. And we do work and it kind of works like that. So and he gets to kind of do what he can do in the day where he's used to going on his iPad, what to play a game, what to play Super Mario. 
because that's what he's used to normally when he comes home because he's just a okay. big long day at school and it's just trying trying to change that mindset of how he um thinks donna um, okay. well for me it's similar to what um nikita said um my son teacher um shared the timetable with us um with all the parents in her class so the activities that my son normally would have during the day um they advised <laughs> us to do it the same time so that he would continue to be in the know of what is going on outside of not being in school for instance like yesterday um he had agriculture science and um we planted um something we planted a little plant i had him watering it and so so all the activities that um he will observe in school we are i'm allowing him to do it at home so that he would always keep up with what he used to do at school keisha you've been listening to a lot of this is there have you got some things you can take away because there's been a lot of things said here today i know i know and a lot of great things a lot a lot of things so i think um as shana nikita said that's as a, a you know a go with you know encouraging the parents to keep up with the same routine cuz i there's a parent i know that struggles with that um cuz some of the children they really don't understand and they don't know they're still accustomed with okay i'm home and this is what i do at home mm-hmm. rather than doing any school work at all So the parents they have quite a heavy um struggle with the children in getting them because the children are accustomed to playing at home or playing with grandma or playing with sister so when they come with it is like this is not this is not what's supposed to happen this is not normal so the parents some of the parents I know especially with the lower functioning children they're at a big struggle with that um I try to send activities and put them on a routine. Um I know one parent in particular with better sleep um it became a bit easier for the child. So that child will normally go to bed like 10, 1, 11 and she started putting him to bed earlier like 9 o'clock whether or not he wants to sleep. So he eventually started getting a sleep pattern and because of that the routine gradually start to dip in. Okay, I guess he right. felt a little more better and everything. Yeah, so that, I, I think that is something to look at the sleep and the diet and you know what they take in the day as well. I think parents should be, you know, also in one point with that. Okay, that's fan- that's fantastic. Now, one of the other points I think Sara Sara touched on it. the impact on the siblings that is something if we could give us a little feel because obviously as adults we can work out what's going on but that sibling sensitivity yeah to their brother or sister how is that manifest in itself it's hard because i'm trying to think about their needs because if they can't say it or express it especially my little you know my little one's only 8 months old and he started to say a few words so i'm trying to sometimes guess makes to get so frustrated he does speak some words um but is a constant go all day every day and trying it's just trying to balance the two out it's a, it's a hard one <laughs> wilbert you've got uh, siblings what's that relationship like 
How would you explain that dynamic? Um, they've got a good dynamic. Um, they look after each other. They um, steal food together. They do everything together. <laughs> My ones, so their dy- dynamic is slightly different. At times they can fight as well, but it's very, very few and far between. So um, that dynamic of it has been quite good, actually. In fact, for us, it's been more good things happening as family than not expecting too much, I think. not. Um, somebody said it before, not having high expectations, um, keeping them low. So when little things do happen, you get to enjoy them. So my daughter's talking a little bit more. She's saying a lot more things. Um, she's singing a lot more because she's watching a lot more of the films and stuff during the day. So um, it's worked out quite well for me and for my daughter anyway, for all of us. That's We've been lovely. getting a lot of fun and jokes from out of her, actually. She's been quite good. <laughs> it, it seems as a great core message of appreciating the little things yet in the midst of all the darkness there is so much light that goes on that yeah. it needs to be appreciated more than the, the downtime does that make sense there's so many yeah. great relationships that's been built within families and within because for, for older siblings it is tough because they've always probably been told what not to do with the brother now they've been told or brother or sister that I mean, so what they can do. So there's a whole role reversal in with yeah. some positive yeah. and negative messages within the family household. And it is truly humbling to hear these small victories that are happening every day that we need to share more on this platform, which is fantastic. I well, think um, just picking up on Kai's point, I think it's so humbling listening to all the parents today and all the parents I'm speaking to every week at the Avenue of the amazing sort of positivity and the patience and the resilience. And I just think, wow, our, our parents are incredible and are doing an amazing job. Um, I, I just, yeah, I take my hat off to all of you. Okay, well, we could go on for hours, but at some point we've got to, we've got to bring it to a close until next week. However, I do want to ask a very big question and that, of the parents and that that is when we return to whatever the new norm is going to be what would you like to see change yeah i know that i i've thrown that one out there and it's a big that's question a new, that's a new podcast michael that is yes <laughs> i know but uh, we, we might cover it in a podcast but i still want an answer <laughs> <laughs> wow in the same way as we said we've got to s- celebrate the the, the little things, the little things. Those changes I'm talking about don't have to be the big ones. It can be the little things that start to make up to the big ones. So what are the, the little changes that, that you'd like to see? And it can be stuff where you go, I'd like to work out how to have more time for myself. That's, that's a strategy. It's not just the child. It's, it's the environment because the better you are, the better your child will be. I think we're always 100 miles an hour and being at home has taught me to chill out a bit more and just it doesn't matter that job doesn't have to be done now it can be done another day and just the amount of time I've spent with my kids I just kind of don't want to take that away and like going for walks I've never walked I always go in the car and just things like that. I think I'm going to hold on to Great. and just make sure in my head that I want to do carry that on when we do go back to the norm. Yeah. Sorry, Sarah, how old is your baby? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> how old is your baby, Sarah? 
18 months. 18. Oh, eight, 18 months. I think what's important about what Sarah said there is, and, and it's the point that I was really trying to get at, is sometimes the thing that we're looking for is right in front of us. But because life takes over, we don't touch it. We don't go and go, actually, the answer is simple. It's in front of me. I've just got to engage it. I think from, from an infrastructure standpoint, there's something that's been really highlighted in every podcast we've done, is the need for safe spaces, more safe spaces in green areas. Um, something Somewhere, we all do activity and it's our bread and butter. Um, but in times like this, it really does highlight the lack of safe playing areas for, for a lot of families, especially where, where I am. It's Yes, I'm blessed with green space where I live, but it's just space. There's no safe area for communal areas, which seem to be um, really required for a lot of families, both both with SEN and, and not SEN, which is which is key. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nikita, what about you? Something little, something something you think? Okay. Um, I just think speaking to speaking to everyone today and all my other mums at the school, I think after this time, I will make sure I take some more time for myself because although I am Namaya's mum, I am also Nikita and I need to remember that. So I get so focused on her and I'm always mum, mum, mum. Love and I that. I don't want to lose myself. Love that. Love that. Shauna? Um, for me, um, the, I would say like the opposite. Um, when I say like the opposite, in this time, I'm getting to spend more time with my children, unlike when it's normal time. Because of work, and the time you get home, you don't get that much time to actually sit and spend time with them. So although you ask the question, what you would like to see come out of it, for me, I'm appreciating the fact that I can get to spend much more time with my children at this present time, which I have not gotten to do during the normal time. So bringing that to full circle, when you do go back and you do go back to work, are you going to uh -huh. be now more conscious of the quality of the time you spend with your children when, yes. when you get it? Yes. Right, that's great. Wilbert? For me, it's more the thing of the red tape around everything to do with SEN, um, the, the, how the government deals with it, how their, their lack of empathy, not even empathy, it's just their low footedness, how long they take to deal with things, um, stop burying their head in the sand. It's that kind of stuff I want them to stop. So that's the change I would want. Otis? I think, you know, I've got two hats here. One, as Jason Roberts is a provider, I think, you know, we, we really need to look at the aftermath of what this does has done to families and, and, and really open up our parts and, you know, our staff and, and to what what we're going to do going forward because it is going to be a little bit different and we just probably need to change slightly the way we deliver, um, spend a little bit more time understanding the families and the siblings. So I think that's, that's going to be something that we, we, you know, in the sporting fraternity are going to have to look at um, and how we deliver going forward and what that looks like. Um, as a parent, um, spending time um, with, with, with uh, my, my little one has been fantastic. Um, you know, as, as you all know, you know, you come to go to school and the schools do a good job, a fantastic job. And then you come home and you get dinner and, and you know, there's the routine and there's the homework. And especially when you're in secondary school, it's a little bit more homework. But 
it's just really appreciating the weekends and you know one of the podcasts that we really want to have here is about uh, other people other than what we have in this room is what's available to you in your borough for you to do with your young people at weekends that you will enjoy your siblings will enjoy and the parents will enjoy together and just spending a lot more time i see families pounding the streets talking to each other during this time so in order to in all of the situations that we have some some um, bad cases, you know, people are taking their health, import, um, putting health at the forefront of, you know, their day. So, yeah, I think um, coming back out of it, I think, you know, just really spending more time and just making that little bit of time at the weekends and whatever you can to really just connect your families. Ross? Yeah, it, it's a difficult one. My heart always goes off to special schools because they just do an incredible job and it, it, it's not their fault that sits behind the bureaucracy that gets the child to the school. Um, you know, so I, I take on board what you're saying, Will, but that, that, that going forward, it would be great if there was ever a system that could make that transfer into special education quicker, the HCP process far faster, and so on and so forth, and be accessible to all those that do need it. I mean, that, that, that yes. for me would be a massive step because we often pick up children in special schools way beyond the time that we would have liked to have received them. And, and we'd be able exactly. to move them on to better things as well quicker if we got them earlier, you know. So uh, that, that would be something I, I'd, I'd fully take on board. But I think for this particular moment in time, um, the, the only change we're going to need to see is, is the, being, the special schools being ready to help you parents in returning the child back into school and getting them back into those routines that we know are so highly successful for children with autism in particular. Richard? To be honest, it's been fantastic just to be able to listen to all of the parents. I mean, it's been uh, absolutely invaluable. Um, you know, we, I mean, we do try to spend time with the parents because we'll have a we'll have one of our students out there um but the parent is also in the in the building at that time and definitely and i was talking to kai earlier about this to try and get the voice of the parent really being involved in what we do even more you know you know a couple of minutes at the beginning a couple of minutes at the end really isn't enough because you know, they, they can see what's going on. They know their children a lot better than we do. Um, and to get these sort of parent groups and parent input and the parent voice through our business would then assist all of the other students we have. So, you know, that's Fantastic. a key Fantastic. Uh, Jonathan? Yeah, I just think it's about, like, um, the podcast highlighting the barriers that, our parents in SEN have, I think, Wilbert touched upon this well, and raising awareness and bringing, bringing the communities together in Brent and beyond. And I hope that now and after this, we can have like a fully inclusive network for everyone to access as and when they require it. That's what I'd like to see happen as a result of this. Kai? Um, I think there's so much good going on that in all our delivery, we always seem to forget about the parents. Why? We need to really make sure our parents are supported well. A strong parent can mean a strong child. And the more we can look after our parents in these times and the families will come stronger bonds. Um, so after this, I know, I know in my head, I'm going to tailor a lot more sessions to more family sessions 
straight away to try and engage everyone's activity together. Um, mental health of the parent, the siblings, uh, the child is key. It's one unit, and that's what's really come out of this. There is one unit. We're not just thinking of one special needs child. It's the network that behind that special needs child is a sibling, as a grandparent, as a brother, as a sister, as a parent. It's, it's a whole Absolutely. whole network deeper than we know. And just yeah, to come like, in there quickly on yeah. that point, so I think it's a good point that I mentioned, and I know Otis and I we've had uh, conversations about um, really factoring in and that the siblings with SDN students, and we were looking into um, some provisions and how we could provide respite. But I think it's imperative now we need to do this even more so with the current situation we have. Yeah, absolutely, Kate. Um, I think to continue really to build on the stronger relationships that we've established in this time. I know I've really, really got a lot out of having communications so much more regularly with all the parents to see the challenges at home. And I think it's really important that all schools take on board now that they've got this better understanding of the challenges at home. And when the children get back to school, the curriculum really needs to reflect that. So we need to make sure that at the forefront of our minds in education is working on skills that will support every learner to be more successful at home, whether that be more independent with things, better communication, and make sure that that really underpins our curriculum at school. Oh, fantastic. Margaret? Well, I'm with Kate. I fully feel that we need to organise um, our curriculum so that we are um, developing the life skills for our pupils so that they can have the best um, outcomes possible for them. And we need to also um, engage parents more because they are the first educators and we need to use their knowledge of their child in order to plan for a more full and enriching curriculum. Okay, that's great. Sangeeta? Um, um, our plan was to kind of um, work more with parents um, looking at um, things like creative coffee mornings where they can come in and uh, do different activities that we feel that would be calming and relaxing and we hope well, my my vision for the next year would be to try and do more of that so that in situations like this parents have got some something that no, they can do that they know that's relaxing and can give them a little bit of peace and um, calmness <laughs> right folks is that i think i've covered everybody i came to yeah i've, I've gone right round to everybody from my perspective of coming into this, I think we obviously need to keep doing this. We've got to move to a place where we are a part of the new norm. We're not this section over there. This forum gives us a voice and this type of thing needs to be pushed out there so people can really feel what it is. It still doesn't get more real than when a parent is sharing what's actually going on. So let's hammer our social media. Let's tell our, our stories and let's go out there and make a difference. All good and people? World, and tell the world you're not alone. And, uh, and that's just it, because that's <laughs> where we're going to go. Oh, so, Kai, it? it's got, it, it was going to be your turn, Kai. So, uh, <laughs> Give so me a cue. He's gone in early, yeah. So, <laughs> so folks, as you know, we always go out on uh, one saying, and this week it's Kai. What you got to tell them, Kai? You are not alone. Good night. <laughs> Take care, people. Bye bye.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to ask a question or be a guest on one of our future podcasts, please feel free to contact us at yana at jasonrobertsfoundation.org. That's yana at jasonrobertsfoundation.org.